Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And this morning, you are joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me, we've got my good friend, Nikita. Good morning. Nikita, it's fantastic to have you back in the studio. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. Yeah. I'm how, alive. How's I'm... your week been? Like, oh. what's, what's been the, 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 the ups and the downs and the battles and the... It's been pretty good. I had a friend stay over at my place oh, for a nice. bit and then I was cooking for some mates of mine as well on Wednesday night. So uh-huh. I've been trying to keep myself busy. I started scrapbooking yesterday for okay. the first time, so... Um, Wednesday, yeah. so you had like a group Valentine's Day. Yeah, because we're all single, so we're just like, ah, oh, it's Singles Day for us. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's uh, It's been a blessing throughout this week doing radio and just having a whole host of different people coming in. And that's amazing. Th- that's been the theme throughout the beginning of this year. Just we, We've had a, a rotation of amazing people doing an amazing job. And actually, we've got some, some new faces at the desk as well getting it done. We've got... It's Rachel. Rachel joining us this morning. I just wanted to make sure we met briefly on the way in <laughs> and I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. But, but I just, yeah, we got Rachel at the desk learning how to get it done with producer Shell, who's of course always here. But yeah, we are, we're having a great time here on Faith FM and definitely looking forward to the weekend. Oh well. yes. Sabbath yeah. is going to be really Yeah, good. the Sabbath going to church. And I, I think there's definitely encouragement coming our way. If you, don't have any plans for tonight or tomorrow. Try and find a local church group who mm. is getting together, uh, particularly on Saturday for church. Like mm. you will have an amazing time. I'm planning to be at my local and my local for this year. Uh, for the first, I've been off and traveling and speaking, doing a bunch <laughs> of things. But yeah, being at the uh, the Avondale University Church, so that's where I'm gonna be hanging out tomorrow. So really keen, really excited, really interested in that. Coming up in today's show, we are going to be having a conversation about guns as it has been massive in the news recently, particularly in the United States. We're going to be talking about op shops as well. We're doing an interview with Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyrs and continuing our Bible study in the Psalms. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Nikita Lawson. I need you to do something for me. I need you to read the quiz (laughs) questions and give people the final opportunities to get in for our amazing prizes this week. We are spinning the draw at 8.45 this morning, guys. So start sending answers in. Mm -hmm. We have to provide questions, We need to. We do. do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, give us our first question for today. So the first question is, in Matthew 8, demons caused the ruin of a herd of what domestic animal? Ah... Domestic, domestic animal. animal. Were they domestic? Were they being used domestic? I'm, I'm one. Well, I guess they weren't. They weren't wild. They weren't hey. wild. They yeah. were domestic. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to the breakfast show again. That number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer to that question, we have two books to give to you as a result of the draw. You got to answer. Yes. Get in for the draw. These books, Trouble on the Way and Hearts of Fire Two. Both of these revolve around the topic of Christian persecution. Mm. Uh, Trouble on the Way is really looking at the theme of persecution. How 
how it works, how it operates, how to overcome and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Hearts of Fire is more of a testimony book, uh, getting yeah. into the stories of people who have been persecuted. Both of these books were provided to us by Voice of the Martyrs, and we have Tony Benjamin on very soon towards the end of this hour uh, to talk about the work that they are doing right across Australia. But both of these books are incredible. We want to give them to you absolutely for free. The only way to get them, though, is to win the draw, and the only way to get in the draw is to answer these questions yes. correctly. So to repeat that question again for those tuning in um, and are new, in Matthew 8, demons cause the ruin of a herd of what domestic animal? Mm, 0491 That is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Nikita, yes. what is happening in the world of positively different news this morning? So there is National Op Shop Week. Okay. <laughs> you, you said earlier you're going to talk about op shops yes national op shop week now what does that mean like how how does that work it's kind of a week where people get to choose whether or not to go to the op shops and actually help spend money there to be able to help the local communities Mm -hmm. or even worldwide communities as well sure Um, sure depending on who is actually funding the uh op shop itself so it could literally be going to um the money that you're spending on the clothes, utilities, so on and so forth that mm. um, they resell, you can say, mm. um, is actually possibly going to homeless shelters, to um, refugee camps, or even just to um, different places overseas mm. where there's um, possible, um, what's the word? Uh, poverty or yeah, difficulty, poverty, yeah. difficulties yeah. like earthquakes and oh yeah like relief funds yes. that kind of thing when there's That's natural the disasters mm, natural and, disasters yeah absolutely and and what comes to mind immediately with that is the likes of adra yes you know, i actually was, was looking them up for yeah. <laughs> this mm. and it's just really beautiful to be able to um have those aspects where op shops actually give a really good opportunity for us to slow down fast fashion to an extent yeah, as well absolutely um you get to find those little golden nuggets like, mm. I know last week I went op shopping with some of my girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of heard about that and, and some of the results of that and some of the, uh, I don't want to say indulgence because it's op shopping, right? So it's like mm. secondhand clothes, but you guys are going hard. <laughs> yeah. It was really unexpected because yeah. um, I managed to find several gold nuggets that I was not expecting because <laughs> um, over the past month I've lost a decent amount of weight healthily. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, these formal dresses I found. I was just like, um, these aren't going to fit me. But as soon as I put them on, I was like, oh, they fit. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, but the fantastic factor about mm-hmm. op shops, so it re- reduces waste production. Yeah. There's the very fact that 1.92 million tons of textiles, so mm. just fabric, clothing in general, is actually wasted during mm. the year. So over 100 billion garments are produced in the year and 92 Mm. million tons end up in landfill Mm. so it's actually really um poor just for our environment in general so Mm. having um clothes recycled in the op shop actually helps reduce the um waste that we end up putting into the world Mm. so we can actually reuse them i know one of the um dresses that i bought last week ended up having tears under the underarms that Mm. i didn't realize yeah so i actually had to sew up a a little bit out the kit yeah Fix it up and everything like that. Yeah, that's so good. I like. I am super appreciative of op shots because at times I remember <laughs> at one point, like this is when I around the time I, I began 
to become a Christian. I first mm-hmm. became a Christian. I was baptized. I attended a Bible school and then picked up like just a volunteer position mm. working for a church. And, and when you're doing those like full-time volunteering gigs, it's yeah. kind of like you get a lot of your costs covered, but then you get like a stipend, you mm. know, to, for, everything else and i uh i was receiving like a hundred dollars a week or 150 dollars a week which is like nothing it was like it's like that's like crazy now it's good like a lot of your you know your housing and whatnot Mm. is sorted out and looked after but but you're really like living on the edge (laughs) and op shops were just the best like i bought everything from op shops and it's one of my one of my best friends now like at the mm. they met me around that time and they were kind of like look like because i used to buy the most random stuff from the op shop i'll, I'll be like oh yeah like 3xl shirt i'll have that oh yeah like like uh you know and she would see me and be like oh is this is this guy homeless like like just because i because i wasn't very good at like styling what I bought from the op shop. Gotcha. But then simultaneously, like you, you have the ability to mm. like for those, you know, who are needing clothes and, mm. and, yes. and whatnot, like it, it's all available. It's all there. And it's super helpful. Like it's really, really helpful. 100%. So, so it's, uh, it, and obviously like the main reason why it's helpful is because it's so cheap. Mm. Like it's, that's the best thing. It's really cheap. And it, you're, it, the money that you use to um, spend on that really helps to fund for other people to actually have a better life and yeah. for people to help like volunteer at these stores is absolutely beautiful. Mm. And like, even as uni students and moving into houses as well, they've got all sorts of furniture and um, like I bought a slightly not so clean armchair for a good $5. Oh, classic. Half off for that, yeah, nice. <laughs> for that day. Um, but it's Adra and several other op shops have really helped me in actually filling up my house yeah, as well. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. That, um, it's also, op shops have also helped me to play pranks on people because <laughs> there's like, there's like really good availability of lots of cheaper things, you yes. know, like lots of cheaper items. I went to an op shop once and I saw uh, an over, overabundance of walking sticks they had. And that day it was, oh, yes. you, you remember this is <laughs> yes, my, my good friend's birthday. And, uh, we, I decided, you know, upon turning 22, which by the way is younger than me, but upon turning 22, <laughs> I'm like, maybe he needs a walking stick and, you know, it's, it's nice and it was affordable as theirs. It's like, yeah, a good place to like this. And I feel like the, the good thing is, is that, you know, anything that you spend there for whatever purpose is, purpose it's for, like mm. the money is going to these organizations who yes. are really doing amazing work in our, in our local communities and in international communities mm. as well. Absolutely. Like an example, I've um, got the ADRA shop up, um, their website. In 2020, ADRA responds to the global COVID-19 crisis as Mm. the demand for food relief in Australia soared and global poverty increases for the first time in two decades. Mm. So they actually delivered 162,310 food hampers that year. Yeah, amazing. Um, And they've done several things in 2021, 22 and 23 as well, um, where they... 23, they helped out um, Syria and Turkey in the devastating earthquakes that they had. So it affected more than 14 million people Mm. and claimed almost 60,000 lives. And they managed to raise 350,000 to help for the response. Yeah, that's incredible. The beautiful thing is as well, um, I know in certain op shops, I'm not sure about all of them, you can actually donate extra money if you Mm. want to. I know one of my friends, she went to a specific op shop where they were just like, only pay what you can afford. Um, So they don't actually have set prices on 
the items in the house. So like if you find this really nice dress, you could be like, okay, I'm going to be stingy and just go, I can only afford $1 at the moment. Or, or you, you know, can actually yeah. be really nice and go like, okay, you know what? This yeah. dress is actually still good quality. I'm going to pay 50 bucks or like $20 yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's also like it's keeping in mind as well, not just stinginess, but those in need, right? Yes. Like so if someone can't afford it, like mm-hmm. they, they still have the ability, like those who are in really desperate situations who, who have 50 cents or $1 to give. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of op shops are making those allowances for mm. people and enabling people to, to who are in need to be able to, to get clothing, which Definitely. is really great. And so, yeah, the other thing we can advise you to do and, and encourage you to do is also volunteer at these shops. Mm. They're always looking yes. for people to come and help out. If you've got free time, yeah, it's a really fantastic uh, initiative and it's really awesome to be part of. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Going by myself, Lawson. We've got Nikita in the studio, Rachel yes. and Shell at the desk, getting it done, doing a fantastic job. Job, I should say. <laughs> uh, right now, let's get into our next quiz question. Yes, the question is: How many times did Naaman have to dip himself in the Jordan River to cure his leprosy? Mm, how many times? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. And, of course, we've got two amazing prizes. What are they, Nikita? I actually read the blurbs um, just earlier this morning, and they sound amazing. Mm -hmm. So you've got one book which is just talking about the persecution in general and how we as Christians can move forward, take signs and notes on what persecution is going to be kind of like. So it's basing it off of different people's perspectives and understandings and their experiences of persecution. And instead of being a what people could consider doormat Christian, mm. you actually end up being a strong person in the faith and growing in that, just going like, no, like, sure, this is persecution, but I can stand tall because, like, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's mm. kind of mentality. And then you've got the other book where it's talking about different people's testimonies where they've been – you've got people all over the world and experiencing their own persecution for spreading the good news, the gospel, to people in different locations. So – Fantastic books. I am actually jealous for whoever gets this. It's They sound amazing. I mm. love books, and I would honestly want them myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, hey, ineligible. You yes. would have been able, if you didn't come in and host <laughs> today, you would have been able to play the quiz, mm. but you did. So, yes. unfortunately, unfortunately, you're out. Sorry, booted. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Again, that question was, how many times did Naaman have to dip himself in the Jordan River to cure his leprosy? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. Again, that's 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer you'll go into the draw to win these amazing prizes yes listening to the breakfast show this morning and i want to start off uh with a quote from the bible mm-hmm. john eight thirty four. the bible says jesus answered them truly truly i say to you everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin mm. what we see here the, the the implication of what jesus is saying is that when we when, when sin becomes a habit of ours, which unfortunately is a habit of all people, like mm-hmm. this is this is the reality of our situation, as the Bible says in Romans chapter five and verse twelve. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. 
Yes. Uh, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in the, the throes and the practice of sin. Now, the amazing promise of the Bible is that Jesus is giving us the opportunity and the ability as well to overcome sin. And when mm. I say ability, I don't mean he's just like encouraging us to do it. Like Jesus promises power yes. uh, over sin. He promises change in one's life. He promises, yeah, the power to overcome. It's it's obvious um, that this is needed in the light of some events that have taken place in America that I just mm-hmm. feel as though are uh, the needless results of sin. Yeah, and it's truly like how how this is unfolding essentially is through mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been two very high profile mass shootings. One we covered earlier this week uh, about Lakewood Church. Now Lakewood Church is is famous for being the church that was. That is pastored by Joel Osteen, who's you know, uh, famous, yes. like the most the most rich preacher, the richest, most famous preacher in mm-hmm. the world. You know, uh, and in his church there was a woman who came in with a child and like opened fire, oh, wow. uh, injuring. I, I believe she injured some people, but was taken down by two uh, off-duty police officers. She was shot and killed. Yeah, uh, this is Texas, by the way. So there was some, yeah. like open carry. She was yeah. she was shot and killed. And her son is currently in uh, in the ER, like being treated. Like, yeah, apparently oh, wow. it the one of the bullets like nicked his frontal lobe, and so he's you know been through surgery and all yeah. this. It's a super sad and unfortunate That's... situation. That simultaneously, like as more information's come out about mm-hmm. this, when we reported on this a couple days ago, it was like. This just happened. We really don't know much. We don't know who this person is mm. other than it's a woman with a child, which is incredibly rare. Like, yes. incre- when it comes to mass shootings, this is it's not an activity that women participate in. Mm. It's like, I think out of, since the 1950s, there have been like hundreds of male mass shooters in yes. the United States and four women. And this is, this is one of those four mm. now, which is, yeah, really intense. Uh, now it's come out that this was, really preventable because it was obvious that this woman struggled with a number of mental health issues, mm-hmm. uh, including schizophrenia and, um, you know, gotcha. uh, yeah, uh, personality disorder and whatnot. And, and so there was these huge red flags that people were seeing and not just like her family were seeing it and not just the family as mm. well, but her neighbors and whatnot. They were, the, the neighbors could see like this person is a threat. Like they are yes. not okay. And multiple reports had gone to, you know, their local council and even child protective services to be like, mm. Hey, like this is, this, this woman is not okay. Uh, yeah. And then furthermore, as well, the parents knew the extent of, of this woman's struggle. They were the ones calling, you know, Child Protective Services as well, being like, hey, like, we don't think that this, our daughter having custody mm. of her child and being in this state at the moment is okay. And Whee. unfortunately, those calls fell on deaf ears, especially because, like, the parents knew that she was, hot, yeah. like, uh, in possession of some weapons. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, we want to... Take you know we we don't we don't want this here and calling the police and whatnot again all of these all of these cries for for help like yeah. falling on deaf ears and now it's ultimately ended up in she is dead her son is injured and wounded in hospital 
It's an incredibly sad affair. You know, also over the weekend, I've talked a few times on the show about the Super Bowl because it's one of the biggest (laughs) spectacles every year. Um, Mm. Kansas City Chiefs won the game and then they're having their parade in, you know, downtown Kansas City Mm -hmm. where everyone's celebrating and they've got the flow and all the players are on there. This is a huge thing in America. Like when, uh, when the teams that win the Super Bowl and the teams that win the NBA finals or whatever, they get on the floats and they go down and they wave at everyone and they do speeches (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, uh, two gunmen opened fire into the crowd, wounding Wait. 20, killing one. They were both like apprehended and neutralized. But again, these people, and, and this is in its early stages as well. So in regards to identity and motives, like this yeah. just happened where we're still in that stage of not knowing similarly to earlier mm. this week with the Lakewood shooter, but it is so needless. It is such needless Violence. You know, another story was in the news this week as well, coming out of the UK, where there was a a uh, Jewish chaplain mm. who was a reservist for the IDF or the Israeli Defense Force from the UK, but was flying over to Israel to help serve and then coming back. Like he was receiving death threats from his local community because they were like, "Oh, you're violent. You're supporting genocide." Da da da. da. But at the same time, like. His nationality is Israeli. Yeah. He has to serve in the army. Like, mm-hmm. that is their, their law, right? Yes. And so he's receiving death threats and he's receiving all this stuff. Like, he has no choice. Like, he yeah. has to participate. And whether he agrees with Zionism or not, like, mm. where, like, he has to do it. And so it was really unfortunate to see, like, this person receiving no persecution for something that they have to do. And there are reservists as well. Like, they weren't even, they didn't participate in any of the fighting or anything yeah, like that. Absolutely. Um, I say that to say that sometimes, like, violence and warfare and whatnot, like, it's unavoidable. I'm not saying that Israel and Palestine should have gone to war and whatnot, but for this particular person, like, they they have to be involved. Like, that's that's their... Or they go, like, stateless, essentially, you know, or they get put in jail, they get extradited to Israel and get put in jail. Certain countries do stick to those rules and regulations. I know Korea does that. South Korea, yeah, Yeah. mandatory military service. Um, But, yeah, like, at least... You know, this violence has somewhat of a, a cause, you could say. Mm. Whereas this, this is just, just needless and motivated, as we can see here with the Lakewood shooter. And I think what will come out about this Kansas City Chiefs shooting as well, like, mm. is motivated completely by, by the effects of sin, which yes. is negative and bad mental health and, and all of those things. And, and I think. The, the really important thing to remember out of all of this is that God isn't causing these events. Mm. You know, some some Christians look upon this or they look upon a, a, an ailment like bad mental health. And yes. I was I was reading on, I think it was Instagram or something, a comment and people were talking about why they have certain struggles in life. And Christians writing on those pages like, oh, sometimes God gives us challenges to build our character. Like, like he made you like this or he made you like this. And I don't think that is the case. The Bible mm. says all things work together for good for those who love him and work according to his purpose and whatnot. But simultaneously, like God didn't cause sin, nor did he cause the genetic defects in yes. people that come as a result of sin. Mm. Like that is our fault. Absolutely. Like that is our fault. That is our decision. God's position is responding in love to mm-hmm. every single one of those things that go wrong. God doesn't need to make anything go wrong. He doesn't need to cause sin. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter one, like God doesn't tempt anyone. Mm. If anyone says they're tempted, no one should say I am tempted because of the Lord. Yes. Like 100 sin, temptation, all of these things come from Satan and the inworkings of sin itself. Mm-hmm. God is working thoroughly and trying as hard as he possibly can 
to solve these problems, to solve these issues. And there's such a need for us in, in the face of these tragedies to frame sin in its right way and to be motivated because of these tragedies to make a personal commitment and decision to Jesus yeah. and say, God, I fall before you, you know, I surrender, I repent, like help me to overcome because I don't want to end up like this. Yeah. But furthermore, um, to let people know, to realize that we have a savior who has given his life for us. He has died for us to help us to overcome sin. And we look forward to a future as well where there will not be tragedies like this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now, we are going to get into our third quiz question for today. Yes, this one is a multiple choice, so do keep an ear out. Which of the following miracles was performed by both Elijah and Elisha? Mm. A, making an axe head float. B, making bitter water drinkable. C, parting the waters of the Jordan River. Or D, calling fire down from heaven. Mm. I'll go through that again. Which of the following miracles was performed by both Elijah and Elisha? A, making an axe head float. B, making bitter water drinkable. C, passing the waters of the Jordan River. Or D, calling fire down from heaven. Mm, of course, if you know the answer to that one, give us a text at 0491-064-669. The text that you send through will be put into the draw. Uh, your name will be put into the draw. The more questions you answer, the more draws you have. This is your final mm-hmm. opportunity today to get in for the draw as we're spinning the wheel at 8.45 this morning. And you'll be able to win two amazing books. We've got Hearts of Fire 2 as well as Trouble on the Way. We want to give these to you absolutely for free. Both books about persecution mm. in Christianity, modern persecution. Yes. And we've been promoting this all week as we've been talking about these books because they have been given to us by Voice of the Martyrs. And on the phone with us right now, we've got Tony Benjamin from the Voice of the Martyrs. Tony, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are stoked to have you on the show. I've been looking yes. forward to this interview all week and to talk about the work that you guys are doing. And as you do when you come on the show, give us, giving us a profile of what's happening around the world in regards to Christian persecution. So I guess my first question is, where should we start? Well, I think I'd like to start in uh, the Middle East and uh, mm. particularly Gaza, which is a pretty um, hot spot, pretty much a hot spot at the moment. And it has yeah, been for many, many years, but it's really erupted recently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, Gaza, you know, if we're thinking of the, the Gaza Strip and the war that's being <laughs> fought there at the moment and you know, reports coming out this morning of uh you know, invasions into the hospitals and whatnot mm. that, are, that are happening there. And, uh, yeah, IDF, uh, you know, fighting and, and whatnot between you know, Hamas and the Palestine and IDF and, and so forth. How is this affecting the Christian population of the area? It's affecting the Christian population quite severely. Um, remember, there are not too many Christians in Gaza. Mm. Uh, that are left there. So we, we probably work with just over a thousand that are part of a, a ministry there. And uh, we've been supporting them for a number of years with mainly with resources mm. and just, um, you know, front, like frontline ministry for them is a big deal in terms of, and what that means is sharing the gospel, mm. you know, with their neighbors and so on, as we all meant to do. Mm. And they faithfully do that, but it's, it's, it's an extremely challenging scenario. Mm. And I think, you know, 
so much has been said about Gaza and the, the secular media does what it does on Gaza. But if we look at it in a purely spiritual or scriptural context, I believe it's good against evil. That's really what it is at the end of the day. It's an extreme ideology trying to take the only real bastion that's of any Christian significance in that region. And if we look back in our history, all of the Middle East was a bastion of our faith in the Mm. past. But over the centuries, it's just continually being eroded by Islam and the dominance of Islam that, um, you know, that, like I said, that really is the last bastion of our faith. And it's got such historical significance for us. Mm. And both fighting over the same little space, that's it, mm. sadly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, I think the biggest thing, the biggest tragedy out of this is the fighting itself and the results of that fighting, mm. you know, and the death that it's causing, the destruction that it's causing. And, and mm. in regards to the historical significance of the space, particularly to people of faith and people of you know, Christian faith and, uh, and and Jewish faith as well. You know, when you're looking, when you're staring at a situation where it's like, oh man, if, if bombs keep dropping and yeah. uh, bullets keep flying, like, will there be much left? You know, it's it's mm. incredibly sad. It's an incredibly sad situation that's taking place over there. But it's interesting to hear and see that, you know, despite the evacuation of many Christians, it sounds like there are still Christians there operating, you know, with a mission in mind and trying to reach those in that space. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, so much of prayer globally has gone into that region. Mm. The sad reality is that the bombs are indiscriminate in that many Christians have been killed and hurt and maimed Mm. also throughout all of this. Um, And we have a particular situation at the moment where uh, some of the families were able to get temporary visitor visas because they had families in Australia and they Mm. were able to um, to arrive in Australia and the Muslim community offered their help to them and they said, no, 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 we don't want your help. We'd rather have nothing than have your help. Wow. And I think, <clears throat> sorry, that just brings to mind the deep distrust of, you know, between those two groups. Mm. But I think it needs to be an eye-opener for us, and not in any negative way, but that we need to be vigilant. We can't continue to allow our faith to be eroded and think it's always going to be okay. We really need to make a decision or come to the understanding or receive discernment that you know, following Christ is a is a serious thing, and it's a commitment mm. we need to make, and we need to do it diligently and vigilantly, mm. you know. And that quite surprised me. And when you speak to these Gazans that, that have come out, and I've spent some time with them, and we financially supporting them while they're here in Australia, because the Australian government was great in bringing them here, but they've got absolutely no support whatsoever, nothing, mm. nothing. So... Um, we're supporting them at the moment, but then saying there's, you know, other family members of theirs that, that are on the on the wrong side of the border <clears throat> that they're trying to get out, but needs a pass to get through the Rafa border to Egypt, and that is just not happening at the moment. And with all of our lobbying to the Australian government and through the powers that be that we could, we haven't been able mm. 
to assist any more people to come out, particularly Christian people. In saying that, the Muslims have lobbied massively and got a number of their people out into Australia. Mm. Mm. So, you know, therefore I speak of complacency and I speak Mm. of us not being passive or too passive in this way in terms of the fact Mm. that we need to realize that we're in a a fight to the end with our faith here. Through our discernment, we need to fight that fight. Through our support of these Christians that are struggling and that are being persecuted, we fight that fight. Mm. That's the messaging for me today for every single Christian in the free world, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think a word you use there that I'm particularly attracted to or thinking about is the word discernment, uh, because you know while simultaneously, like it's it's one of the I feel I see it as like a, a principle of ministry. Like oh, by mm. by even like letting people help you to ingratiate yourself into those communities and whatnot, it gives you such an opportunity to to witness and share with them simultaneously. Jesus would say, for those who don't receive you, you know, mm. shake them off like the dust of, of your feet. You know, there, there is, like he says, oh, there, there, while mm. there's fantastic opportunity to minister, make sure that also, you know, not casting your pearls before swine. And, yeah. uh, his definition of swine there isn't a people from this group or this group or that group or whatever it may be, mm. but rather those who aren't willing to receive it. Mm. And so, yeah, right. discernment and vigilance in our faith, especially mm. for these people where, you know, for here in Australia, it's like, oh, sharing your faith, what are you scared of? You might get rejected. Uh, mm. Over there, it's like yeah. sharing your faith, what are you scared of? You might be killed. Uh, exactly. You, you might be incredibly disadvantaged mm. because you take a public stand for Christ. So it's definitely a, yeah, very much a, a place to think around um, for for those people. And it, I guess for us as Christians in these countries, and, and as you were saying, for us to support, um, whether it's, you know, through through lobbying for safeties and, and passage and asylum, whether it's, uh, yeah, through what we can offer to these people on the ground while they're here, um, we need to be supporting our brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I want to ask as well, you know, we've, we see the Middle East as a real hotbed for persecution and Christian suffering at the moment because of, of course, the conflict going on there. But where else around the world are people, you know, receiving persecution to that isn't so much being focused on? Well, I think uh, a fairly new country on the scene of late is Nicaragua. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. And that is quite a surprise to us, but Nicaragua is emerging. And what we're also finding is that um, countries surrounding Nigeria in Africa are becoming ever-growing hotspots of persecution because of the um, forward march of ISIS and the associate and affiliate groups. Mm-hmm. Some of them are known by different names. There's Al-Shabaab. There's all these sorts of names, that acronyms that they have. Mm. But fundamentally, it's radical, it's radical Islam and it's march on. And I think I may have said in a previous interview that, you know, the West thought they'd eradicated ISIS from the Middle East. Well, mm. ISIS relocated to Africa where they got no controls. Mm. So that is where everything is just continuing with total abandon. And, and, and we're finding that the atrocities among Christians ever growing. 
Um, Ethiopia, for example, which is a bastion of our Christian faith, yeah. is totally surrounded by Islamic countries and is- Islamic radicalism. And we we spoke with uh, ministry leaders in Ethiopia who were appealing for prayer and constant prayer and for help and support mm. because their ministries are so under fire. Even now, uh, the government who was a Christian government and very empathetic to, you know, having this um, sort of uh, uh, simple uh, approach to the various faiths just mingling and coexisting and so on, is now being pressured by the Muslim radical element to change the rules and the laws. Mm. But in spite of this, these ministries from Ethiopia are sending out missionaries into these countries to evangelize. Places like Yemen, places like Saudi, Mm. and, 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 and all of these other North African Muslim-dominated countries like Algeria and Tangiers and all these sort of places, you know. Um, and they are sending missionaries out there. So it's such a such an encouraging conversation to have with these people, mm. but it does highlight the dangers that they face and the challenges that they're facing whilst they, you know, unrelentingly continue getting the gospel out there. And that is why for Voice of the Martyrs, we have such a great focus on frontline ministry mm. because that's really where the rubber hits the road. Mm. You know, those pastors that are going out there in spite of the challenges and the danger, they're really the ones we need to be praying for and their families and the support of them and so on because they're the ones doing what you and I aren't, mm. you know, and getting the message out there. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, here at Faith FM, we have a you know interesting connection to Ethiopia. The hosts of Faith FM, including myself, in 2019, we went over there, and it's crazy to see some of the sites that we saw and some of the places where we spent time. We went over to preach, and uh, you know there was some health ministry and missionary work going on as well while we were speaking. And, and now we look back, and some of those places have been destroyed as a result of conflict um, and and radicalism and and those kinds of things. And I know that you know, they had a, a really awful civil war happen, and that was over socialism. So Ethiopia yeah. is in the throes at the moment of, of conflict deeply, and, and yet despite that, you know, we were being invited yeah. over in the midst of that conflict to, yeah. to come and speak, to come and preach, to come and share the message of Jesus. And mm. so it shows that despite persecution, I think it's amazing as you're seeing it, as we're seeing, as we're profiling, like mm. these people are deeply invested despite the persecution, in sharing yeah. the gospel with others. Very true. And let's not forget the Ukraine. The Ukraine is an ever-bubbling challenge for the faith, you know, for people of faith, of the Christian faith at the moment, because mm-hmm. the Russians are not going away easily, and the challenges remain, and the stories we get there constantly of serious challenges where the Russians are just basically trying to eradicate anything that's not Russian Orthodox. Mm. Um, But yet we are supporting um, house ministries and smaller ministries and people that have crossed the border into countries like Poland and that where they are ministering and helping and there's trauma counseling and that's for these people that have gone through, that are going through the war 
and that have lost loved ones because of it and through it, you know. Mm. And uh, much the same as what I started with with Gaza. You know, when I speak to these guys that have just come out of that war zone, the sadness and the trauma and the distress, I mean, it's very palpable and it's sad. Mm. Because many of the and they got little kids and many of them will never overcome these, mm. you know, these atrocities and uh, you know deal with the mental scars that come with it. You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic to hear that despite that Christ is working and you guys are there supporting these people. We've come to the end of our time, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us on the Breakfast Show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.